The process of landing investment banking job offers can often feel like a black box, which leads to confusion and anxiety for most of the candidates going through it. Hey, my name is Sam Shaw, and I'm the founder of Wall Street Mastermind. I've personally coached numerous students on how to successfully break into top-tier investment banks, including Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan, Centerview, Evercore, and PJT Partners, just to name a few. On this podcast, I'm going to help you demystify the investment banking recruiting process by sharing what the clients of Wall Street Mastermind have done to get results like these. Enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. My name is Sam Shaw and I'm the founder of Wall Street Mastermind. This is Wall Street Mastermind's Elevate program where we take our flagship coaching program and give it away for free to high potential students who are currently in a difficult financial situation. The goal of this show is to first and foremost give these students the coaching and guidance that they wouldn't be able to get otherwise and help them break into investment banking. Of course, we also want to give all of you an in-depth look at how to go about your own investment banking preparation process the right way so that you can model it after the same proven methodology and strategies that we've used to place over 90% of our students into investment banking across every single bulge bracket and elite boutique bank over the last several years. With hundreds of thousands of applicants competing to break into investment banking globally each year, our team only has the bandwidth to help a very small percentage of you. So my hope is that this show helps all of you, even if you aren't able to directly participate in our program and work with us. So let's get to it. In this session, we start working on Shimena's behavioral answers by giving her feedback on what we call the guaranteed questions. These questions include, one, tell me about yourself or walk me through your resume, two, why investment banking, and three, why our bank, using JP Morgan as an example. These are usually the first and most important questions that get asked in any interview, so it's crucial to knock these questions out of the park if you hope to get an offer. All right, cool. So <clears throat> we're back today for the fourth session. I think I'm starting to lose track, but fourth session um, with Shimena, and uh, today we're going to be going over uh, her behavioral answers, or at least part of her behavioral answers. Um, the context is Shimena has a um, higher view coming up for uh, one of the sophomore diversity programs that she's applying to, which we kind of talked about last time. Um, so it's good to see that she's taking action on that front. And uh, so in terms of like, you know, preparing for the higher view, I know Shimena, like you were asking about kind of like how to go about preparing for it. Right, this is where like you're kind of nervous because it's your first higher view and you kind of don't really know what to expect, right? Um, I think, you know, for whatever reason, like it being a higher view always throws people off and makes them more nervous. But like in reality, it's really no different than just like an actual interview, right? Like I think that's the first thing that I want to say is like, just treat it like any other interview. And instead of like having an actual banker, you know, say the question to you, they just have it on the computer, right? But like the way you answer that question shouldn't really be any different, right? And I think like people are like, for whatever reason, anxious because they don't know what question is going to be asked on the higher view. Um, You also don't really know what question is going to get asked when you interview with an actual banker. You're just going in and like, you hopefully have an answer prepared for the exact questions that they're going to ask. And a lot of times like the questions are kind of predictable, which is like, it's usually the questions that we have in our behavioral questionnaire or 
some variation of it, right? It might not be verbatim, but it's usually like, if you read between the lines, it's asking you kind of the same thing, right? So um, you can re you can typically recycle a lot of those answers that we're going to be preparing, or um, or at least like just adapt it slightly, right? Now, I think the benefit to a higher view compared to a real interview is that um, most of the time they do use the same questions for everybody, and so depending on you know, the situation, you may or may not be able to find out what the questions are ahead of time, right? So like, obviously the first thing I would do is, you know, go ask um, the people in Wall Street Mastermind, like just go in the Slack channel and you see people do this all the time, right? Like, has anyone taken the higher view for XYZ firm, right? I would be more specific when you ask though, I would say like, has anyone taken um, the higher view for, like you should tell them what firm, uh, what program it is. Like in this case, it's the sophomore program. So it's different from, you know, the junior summer internship program that most people are, are, are usually recruiting for, right? I would also tell them like, what year? Like, is this summer 2022, summer 2023? Like, I mean, I think for this, it's summer 2022, right? So it would be like the firm, summer 2022, sophomore diversity program, um, and then sometimes I would even list location, um, but by location, it's not like New York versus SF, but like like someone earlier today was asking the Slack channel if anyone has done the hiring for JP Morgan, but he was actually act, acting, uh, he was actually asking about London, but he didn't specify London and like different continents will typically have different questions. And so you just wanna be as specific as you can because otherwise someone might respond and say, Oh yeah, I know the questions. It's this, this, and this, and this, and then you go go in expecting those questions, and it's actually totally different questions, and you're completely thrown off, right? So that's first place you can check. The second place I would say is like, um, this is one of the things that Wall Street Oasis I think can be good for sometimes, which is like, I have seen people share uh, higher view questions on there before. They don't always, yeah, but like. Cause it is competitive, right? And like, sometimes people wanna kind of like keep the questions to themselves. And also like the only people that can share are people who have already taken it. And if they've already taken it, they're like, well, why would I wanna help other people, right? And so you may or may not find anything there, but it doesn't hurt to look. And if you don't see any existing threads, it doesn't hurt to like just create one and just try your luck, right? Um, other than that, like, that's like the first thing is like, if you can figure out what the questions are ahead of time, then you can actually, you know, prepare the answers for those exact questions. And of course, you know, we can give you feedback on those answers. You will practice it before you actually go into it, right? If you can't figure it out, then I would say, um, it, then, then the approach is just like any other interview prepared for, which is you don't know the questions ahead of time, but like the way we designed the behavioral questionnaire is like we try to cover almost like all the common questions that you could typically get in the interview anyway, right? So then it's just even more, I don't know when you have to take this higher view by, we should, we should try to finish your questionnaire before that yeah. and, and give you feedback on all the answers. And then you would just practice all of your answers and then just keep in mind that, hey, when they ask you a certain question during the higher view, 
like I said earlier, it might not be verbatim, right? So like if they ask, for example, um, they might ask like, you know, why should we hire you out of all the candidates? We don't have that exact question in the questionnaire, but we do have a question about like, what are your three greatest strengths, right? And then so like, those are basically asking you the same things, right? Um, or, you know, they might, they might ask you, I don't know, what's another example, like, they might ask you, for example, like, hey, tell me about a time uh, that you had to, I don't know, overcome a setback or overcome a challenge, right? Um, and that, that might be the same thing as uh, maybe the example you prepare for a time when you had to work with someone that was really difficult, right? I mean, technically, those are not like two, those two aren't like identical questions, but you could probably use the same answer or at least like very similar answers from like the same story, right? Mm -hmm. Or like, tell me about time when you worked in a team could be the exact same example as a, tell me about time when you demonstrated leadership, right? Because maybe you were the one leading that team, right? Like, so my point is like, once you have these answers prepared from the questionnaire, um, even if you get a question that wasn't what you expected or seems like a curveball question, like the first step, because they, they usually give you, I don't know, like depending on the firm, but I think for higher view questions, they give you like some prep time before you actually answer each question, right? I think it's anywhere from probably like 30 seconds to two minutes, right? Um, that you can definitely probably find out just like if you just ask online like hey mm -hmm. how many minutes does you know xyz firm give you to, for your hybrid questions like people usually at least tell you that right but during that prep time like the the methodology for any questions that you haven't thought of is one think through your kind of like um your list of answers your stories that you prepared Mm -hmm. and try to identify the one that's like the most similar to it or the one that can be most easily adapted right and then the second step is like you know when you're filling out the questionnaire like we tell you guys to use like frameworks right which is like we t we kind of give you almost like a formula like first talk about this and talk about this and talk about this and talk like we don't tell you exactly what to say but like you know spark outline or like you know, have three reasons and then like signposts and whatever. So identify like the framework that goes along with that question. And then that basically gives you the outline, right? And I think the hardest part about the higher view is actually almost like having to think on your feet a little bit and feeling like you have to answer on the spot without messing up. But if you have the example you wanna use, and if you have the outline, like, oh, I need to go S-P-A-R-K or whatever the framework is, then just like kind of quickly outline what you want to say based on the five-part framework or three-part framework in your head. And then that's your outline, right? That's your mental outline. And then as you're going through and answering the question, just follow the outline, right? Yeah. Um, and that's really like, that's really probably like the best way to do it. Um, and if you want to take a step further, you can like maybe practice doing this type of exercise impromptu. For sure. So yeah. like just come up with a list of questions 
but you can take it from like any of the interview guides or whatever. Um, and then just go through this methodology that I just talked about, where it's like, okay, if it's this question, like which of the stories that I prepare will I use? What is the framework for that? And then try to like verbalize it, right? And record yourself doing it. Since it's a higher view, like record yourself. You can use Zoom, you can use Loom, you can use, there's a lot of different things out there that allow you to record yourself and then watch it afterwards, mm -hmm. right? And also you, that way you know how long your answer is from the recording, which is important because you want to make sure they're within the time limit. And then also you can, when you watch it, you'll, you can be like, be your own toughest critic and try to like pick out every little thing you're doing that you don't like, right? Oh, I don't like the way I keep like looking in this direction or, oh, I don't like the way that my voice inflection is this or whatever. I mean, yeah, and you can also send those clips to us and get our feedback on it. Um, and we can probably identify some things that maybe you might not identify, but like, that's kind of how I would go about it. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I think my biggest thing is just definitely, I think that spark had um, outline. I think for the, for the other half of the behaviorals, it's a lot more because it's about like your strengths. So you have to make more of a story for each one, because I feel like for me, a lot of times I just have a lot of things in my head and I have a hard time organizing my ideas. That's, I think my weakness, organizing my ideas when I'm thinking of too many things um, and I'll overthink it. For example, I think we had a diversity of, and I told you I was asking questions and I just overthought all the questions that we've gone through the program. And I think there were like 15 people or more. There were like a hundred people, like 15 people were waiting to ask questions. And I was like 14th in line, but because I was like the only girl, they called on me and I freaked out. I asked my question, but I freaked out. And I think they could tell. Yeah. And it was so embarrassing. It was so embarrassing. I was really like, wow. I tried following up and they answered me afterwards. But I was really, I really thought it was over. I was like, this is the worst first impression. They called on me. But um, yeah, so it's just definitely that. No, I mean, it sounds like you're kind of getting into your own head a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. I think you're, um, and people do this a lot where they, because we're giving you so much information and we're giving you so much to think about, like in terms of like, oh, here are all the best practices and whatever. And some people have a tendency to, um, overthink it right and then it's almost like then you become kind of robotic because you're trying to juggle all these things like oh I want to make sure I do this but I don't do this and I, I got to do this but not do this and it's just like that's almost like it'll paralyze you and so I think if you find that you're doing that then you want to you almost want to just like be yourself more and relax a bit more and just kind of like throw some of that stuff out the window, right? Yeah. Because then it's it's actually not helping you anymore, you know? Mm. So, um, but I think like, look, it just also comes with repetition. It comes to like, yeah. the more you do something, the more comfortable you're gonna become at it. So in this case, like if you feel like you're the type that's gonna be really nervous when you're doing it for the first time, then definitely make sure that when you record your actual higher view answers, that is not the first time you're doing this. Right? Yeah. So um, does that make sense? Yes, for sure. That was that. And I think my last question on the higher view, I have been, the emails don't give me a timeline. So it's, of course, it's based on when you turn in your application. So I, I turned it in like five hours after it opened, but they said that, so my, my email came 
And there's no timeline for when the hire view is, but the email came Monday. And today they sent a reminder because I was thinking I will go through like the second half because they don't do the interviews until December. And they said applications close like November 14th. I thought I'd have more time. So I, I had thought like Monday, I'll send you the set by Monday. You'll have the second half. But they send me a reminder today. So I was thinking, is there any do you think I should reach out to them and ask or like? Yeah, is there, is there an email you can reply to where you can? Yeah. Yeah, because like sometimes those email, the email address they're sending them from can actually be replied to and people actually read it. And sometimes it'll say like, please do not reply to this email because no one actually monitors this email. It's just like an automated email, right? Yeah. But I would try to um, reach out to someone there and ask them like, hey, what's the actual deadline? that I have to complete this by, just so you know, right? I think, honestly, I don't know why they don't, don't tell you when to complete it by. I think they should have done that, but. Yeah, you know, that's I, what I didn't. And even in the, the the email today, it didn't say anything either. I've just, I've emailed them before because they were having problems with the sign up, but I'm guessing there's a lot of them. I don't think anyone will be like, this is the girl that's emailing us constantly. And that's a terrible question. Are you emailing them constantly though? No, I wasn't. I, I just emailed them once when they had a problem with the, with um, the opening the, the applications because they were delayed. Yeah. And they responded to that? Yes. Okay. So you at least have that email, right? Yeah. So, you know, someone's checking that email address. I don't know if it's the same email, but yeah. I think asking when you had to complete this by is not, yeah. it's not a bad thing. In fact, once you get into banking, you're going to get assigned a lot of different projects. One of the first questions I always ask every time I get stepped on something, when do you need this by? Yeah. That's just like good practice because in banking, you're going to be juggling different things. And if you don't know what the deadline is, you're not going to be able to prioritize accordingly. Right. So I like, my point is I don't think anyone's going to say like, Oh, I can't believe she's asking when this is due. Like, it's not a, it's a good question. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So I will find out um, just so know, just so we know what we're working against. Right. Okay. Cool. So let's, um, let's go through some of these uh, actual answers um, that you sent over. And um, just in the interest of time, I'm going to, instead of like, you know, rewriting some of these sentences for you, um, which is what we would um, typically do a lot of times that takes like a really long time though. Like, I'm just going to give you, I'm just going to give you like the high level verbal feedback. And then of course, like, you know, you're going to have this recording and then um, I also jot down some like pretty light notes just so you remember what we talked about, but you can always go back and watch the recording and then see like uh, you know, what else, like basically make the next round of changes and polish it up and then like you know we can always take another look at it okay okay so i'm gonna start with um at the top so tell me about yourself walking through your resume obviously like this is one of the most important questions right um so i'm a sophomore at nyu shanghai studying economics and finance uh quick thing here i don't know what's on your resume do you put nyu shanghai or nyu so yeah i should take the shanghai off okay so if you just put nyu then i would just go with nyu right okay. Uh, I'm from Colombia, moved to the US when I was 10. That's all fine. Growing up with immigrant parents, I saw them work long hours every day to support our family. As an only child, this has always pushed me to have 
a high work ethic. I would say, um, I don't know high, I don't know if high is like the right um, adjective in this case. I would probably say um, strong work ethic, right? Uh, strong work ethic and really value education helps one day being the one supporting them. Um, my dad was also in the sales and always talking to me about profit. I remember selling lollipops in lemon in elementary school as my first experience and during a few dollars I thought would make me a millionaire. However, I feel like the topic of money was always a taboo at home, but I learned to recognize early on that money was a vehicle to do things you want. So this section here, I feel like um, is a bit long. Yeah. And also like, you know, the, the, the thing that you, I always tell people to ask themselves is like, just read every sentence in your answer and ask yourself, okay, what is the purpose of this sentence? Like, what am I trying to convey? What value is this adding to my story? And do I need to have this? Right. So it's like, sophomore NYU studying economic finance, like, okay, yeah, like that passes that test, right? From Columbia, moved to the US when I was 10, growing up with immigrant parents, I saw more long hours, like, okay, this is all fine, right? Because this, I think, like, you, this is just like a unique identifier for yourself. Like, you're, okay, you're that girl who grew up in Columbia. That's how people are going to remember you. And also, you're impressing upon them that, you know, you have a strong work ethic as like an immigrant. Like the child of an immigrant. Okay, got it. Then, like starting here, I think maybe what you're trying to do here is um, talking about like the spark, maybe, right? This is like the spark of how you became interested in finance. But I think it just wasn't done as well as it could have been, right? So, for example, my dad was also into sales and will always talk to me about profit. Like this sentence I feel like is a little bit weird, right? Like sales and profit, like it's all, they're, they're both part of like business, but I don't know, right? I might, I might say like my, you know, my dad was, instead of also in the sales, I might say like my dad was a businessman and would always talk, um, talk to me about uh, his work um from a young age or something right um and then like i remember some a lot of like this is like okay cool this is kind of like cool little story I feel like the topic of money was always taboo at home like this sentence i think was the most out of place because i wasn't sure like what you're trying to what point you're trying to make here yeah like it doesn't or maybe you can explain to me but to me when i read this i feel like it doesn't really add anything right yeah so i think because so for me i think that's one of the things that i would say is one of my motivations for finance it's just because it was never a topic and i always felt like it was something so important so that's what I was kind of trying to put. It was just never like finance is not something that's in any way like at home, something we talk about. You don't talk, really talk about money. It's like, I don't know how to explain it, but that's what like got me to also just be so curious about it, if that makes sense. So yeah. I was trying to work my way into that somehow, but I also never mentioned it again. Right. I think. So 
would you yeah, say it's, it's, it's kind of interesting because like this part would kind of imply that your dad does talk to you about money right he's, wow. he's talking to you about like making profits and and then like you were very entrepreneurial from a young age and you had mm -hmm. your own like lollipop and lemonade stand and you made yeah. money from that right and so it kind of almost is like contradictory like you first painted this one picture of yeah. like your dad is very encouraging on like the business and money side and then there's yeah. this other sentence i think that's why this fell out of place because i was huh like what like you don't talk about money yeah right so um i also think like if your point is just just to say that that's what got you interested in finance like we could we could get the we could get the spark get your spark across even without that right? yeah even if i just deleted that and yeah. i said my first experience enjoying the first few dollars I thought would make me a millionaire. I learned to recognize early on that money was a vehicle to do things that you wanted. Right. Like I, I didn't know when I read back when I read it back, I didn't know if like that last one was really necessary. I feel like it's common sense now. Yeah. Um I think maybe like to do things you wanted maybe is a little bit yeah. obvious, but maybe it's like um maybe like you can tie it back to banking by saying because this is kind of like you know you running your own business so mm. to speak right and then so you can say i learned to recognize early on that um you know uh money or capital is the lifeblood of any business um you try to run right like for example like to to be able to sell lollipops or sell lemonade you have you gotta first have money to be able to buy mm -hmm. your inventory or buy the lemons and the equipment and make the make the stuff and then be able to sell it and then like you sell it for a higher price get but you know so it's just like the the reason why this is relevant is the whole point of being an investment banker, like a big part of the job is helping businesses raise capital, right? So you can probably come full circle later on in the answer and talk about how like this, this basically planted the seed for you. And then like later on, as you got older and you got to college and you started taking classes or doing internships and whatnot, and then you discovered investment banking, you're like, oh, wow, this is like such an impactful uh career because i'm helping mm -hmm. i get to help all these other companies um do something really really important which is like keep the lights on right so you could do something like that maybe mm -hmm. you know yep um and so you know we'll also have to like you have to time your answer uh, like when you're done with the whole thing like just Mm -hmm. practice delivering it and see how long it is like ideally you keep it to like maybe two minutes you know okay. three minutes i think it's okay but it's like then your answer has to be really good or else it gets a bit long um but if it's too long then i i would say we can probably like even trim this down a little bit more you know because okay. like you kind of gave like two things here one is like just being an immigrant child and like having the work ethic and then the second thing is like 
you know, kind of yeah. this being business minded thing. And we might just pick and choose and take just one out of the two, right? Or you might be, you might even be able to combine it. Uh, like you might be able to just take just this example and still weave in the work ethic aspect, which is really what you're trying to convey here, mm -hmm. right? So does that make sense? So yeah. if, if we need to save some time, we can cut. Um, okay. So I'm gonna say, um, where's the, here we go. Potentially cut one out of the two if the answer ends up being two. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Um, all right, so then I want to take a gap year after high school where I volunteer in Kenya. We learn and taught communities and schools how to stretch their budget and better run programs. Uh, what kind of programs are we talking about? Um, well, stretch their budget. Well, I'm thinking like, well, they had like, like within their own school, they were trying to like fund like um like clothes for like the kids that they were they had so they kind of had I don't know if I would necessarily then call it a program but like they would have like they would try to do different funding for different activities so they would like try to have extra budget to like be able to like buy like shirts for everyone or buy like shoes for everyone or like they had a whole like project where they wanted to like reinstall like a whole bathroom service or like you know like different projects maybe better like better so these start. are like kind of like community service charity work basically that they were doing kind of yeah but within like their own school mm -hmm. okay yeah i mean like just this this is kind of vague right yeah how to stress a budget um, um so um, and organized well okay because it's funding um, yeah, so maybe it's like, you know, we talk communities and schools, how to, um, how to stretch your budget and, you know, but like, you know, do a better job of allocating the limited the resource. Yeah. yeah. You know, do a better job of allocating the limited capital they have to there is competing priorities. Uh, I don't know, something like okay. that. How to stretch your budget and do a better job of allocating the limited capital they had to various competing priorities. Really enjoy working in an environment where I was constantly learning and felt like I was being able to make such a strong impact. Um, experience I learned that I really enjoyed working environment you can even say I learned that one I really enjoyed working environment where I was constantly learning And two, it felt really good 
to be able to make such a strong impact through my work. Right, so I think like if here you talked about, you know, your spark, the spark to your interest in finance. And here you talked about, hey, I, I learned that one, I want to work in an environment where I get to learn a lot. And two, mm -hmm. I want to, I want my work to actually make a difference. Right. Then I think like in your last paragraph is kind of when you tie it all together. Right. So, um, you know, from these experiences, uh, and that was your gap year after high school. So going into college, um, I, I started to think about what careers would allow me to uh, you know, have, allow me to not only work uh, with money, but also learn a lot while making a big impact on these I don't know how you found out about investment. It was like through talking to upperclassmen or whatever, right? But let's just pretend for a second. It was like uh, through many conversations with upperclassmen and investment banking. Yeah, I realized I'm investment banking. The perfect fit that I was looking for. All right. So now I'm like, what I'm doing is I'm first, I'm just tying, I'm almost like tying everything we've done up to this point together and explaining like, here's how I got to the the point in my 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 education where I want I said okay I want to do investment banking and I'm going to spend the rest of the answer talking about since then these are the things that I've done to make myself more qualified for a role like investment banking right does that make sense yep so I began I began classes from home this is like kind of irrelevant I don't think they really need to know that yeah right uh begin looking for remote finance related experiences i don't think you need to emphasize that some of these interests that you've done have been remote in fact i personally um don't bring that up unless they ask because sometimes people think like oh if it's a remote uh internship then it's like i don't know like cheapens it or whatever right okay. so um so you can just say you know I immediately began looking for finance internships to help me learn more about this career path. I've since, I've since taken on two small private equity analyst internships, 
with different search funds. Um, have really enjoyed the variety of industries I learned about, how to project, how to project. You're talking about like projecting at like building projections. Is that what you're trying yeah. to say? How to project out a company's financials and I've really enjoyed the variety of industries. What was that? I really enjoy learning about or like market research, would that be better? Doing market research. When you're learning about conducting market research. Um, building out financial projections and evaluating businesses from an investor's point of view. Right. I think so then we probably don't need this anymore. Um, I've been specifically really attracted to m and side of it. So this, like, this we kind of already set up here, right? So we don't really need it anymore. Um, and then like, if you're really attracted to M&A side, um, I think it depends, you, you might not want to say this, it depends mm -hmm. on the firm that you're interviewing with. Like if you're interviewing with an elite boutique and they only do M&A, then I think it's fine to say this, right? If you're interviewing with like a bulk bracket bank, and you don't know that you're going to end up on the M&A side of things, then you don't want to, to like limit yourself. Does yeah. that make sense? So I would say um, I'm now looking to take the skills I've acquired and hoping to um, Now looking to take this as a client, hoping to apply it. Uh, on my next. All right, so I'm excited. something like that okay. that makes sense so i mean like i think most of it is good it's just like making the minor refinements to make it flow better a little bit mm -hmm. right yeah um any questions about this no no okay um no i think something that i just i keep going back to which is also in my resume is just how we go into like how i because you've always said you have to be careful with what you say because they it's kind of an invitation for them to ask you about it. So when I say like finance projections and so, I think it's something I need to like think about how I would word if they say, so what exactly did you do? Or like on the resume, when we yeah. outlined it, we said like 
um, doing like yeah. a debt pay down of LBOs. So definitely like, I don't know if that's an invitation for me to like be roasted on my technicals or for them to be like, exactly how does that work, you know? Yeah, it could be, it could be. So, you know, you don't have to say this part, right? You can swap this out for anything else yeah. that you're more comfortable talking about. So whatever I put here, this is not set in stone. Could just mm -hmm. be a placeholder. You should definitely think about like what you want to keep in versus take out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. okay, so that's that question. Let's talk about the second one, right? Um, so why investment banking? So investment banking really interests me because of changing learning opportunities, working in an environment I feel uh, I'm having an impact and I'm being surrounded by such talented and, and ambitious individuals. So obviously like you're just following the framework here, which is good, right? Like you're signposting and then you kind of like elaborate on each of the three reasons that you provided, right? I think the thing I'll say here is just on signposting, you wanna be more succinct with your signposts. So like I would shorten all this. I would just say, um, investment banking really interests me because um, instead of, even instead of saying really interests me, I would just be have even more conviction. Like I would say investment banking is where I want to start my career. Like that sounds more definitive than, yeah. oh, this is interesting to me, right? So investment banking is where I want to start my career because of the learning opportunity um, the impact um, the impactful work and um, the team environment okay like basically I'm trying to say each of these things in just like two or three words. Yeah. Okay. So it's a lot more concise. Um, and then you can dive into what each of these things are. Right. So like for the first one, for learning opportunity. So, you know, in investment banking, um, you can work with different industries and clients. Which I think provides great opportunity to learn in all different areas and in, in different areas and become a well-rounded individual. Um, I'm really excited to how you are in an environment where work is constantly changing. As MD Ezra Martinez emphasized, I mean, one of his favorite parts about working at IB after over a decade is that no one day is the same. And I've always wanted to steer from a routine like a job. I have always wanted to steer from a routine like a job. I don't know, this sentence is kind of weird. Um, steer away, but yeah, maybe not necessary. Yeah, um, I mean, I get what you're trying to say, but I think it's just mm -hmm. kind of phrased a little bit, uh, could be phrased better, but I think um, I might like re reorganize this a little bit. So I don't know like what event this was, this was at, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I might just leave with this. So I would say like, um, I think investment banking provides first and foremost. But I also I also like saying like first and foremost, right? Like secondly. So this is like just 
again, makes it more clear, like where in my answer I am at, right? Because you signposted three things. So then it's like first, secondly, and then you said finally here, right? Which is fine. Or you can say last but not least or whatever. It doesn't matter, right? But first and foremost, thinking about something provides um, the best learning opportunity. Or you can even say the steepest learning curve out of all the careers that possibly pursue. You know, um, I attended XYZ event. I don't know what the event was, but right. Um, the diversity soccer. Yeah. Okay. I can put that. Yeah. yeah, but I, 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 so I, when I attended XYZ event, I, heard, you know, managing director Ezra Martinez talk about, well, actually, you can say, Hold us. That favorite part. Looking IB after over decades, I know one day is the same. Um, and that really left a strong impression on me. Oops. as I have always wanted. Um, career that different ways. So that I can um, develop mm, I feel like I'm not wording this very well. That left a strong impression on me as I've always wanted a career that would challenge, challenge me in different ways. Especially early on in my career when I'm trying to learn as much as I can. Something like that. Um, first and foremost, I think the most main provides the steepest learning curve out of all the careers I could possibly pursue. When I attended whatever diversity event, managing director Ezra Martinez told us that his favorite part about working in investment banking after over a decade is that no one day is the same. That really left a strong impression on me as I've always wanted a career that would constantly challenge me in different ways, especially early on in my career. Um, well, I guess we say career twice. I, say I always wanted a job that will constantly challenge me in different ways, especially early on in my career. 
just a little less redundant, right? Especially early on in my career when I'm trying to get a well-rounded experience to learn as much as I can. So that's like the first point, right? Secondly, um, from my volunteering experience in Kenya, uh, I think finding intrinsic value and knowing you are making an impact on improving others' um, lives is important in what you do. I feel like this is kind of like a little bit convoluted. Mm -hmm. uh, finding intrinsic value and knowing, I would just say like, from my volunteering experience in Kenya, uh, my biggest takeaway was, um, my biggest takeaway was the importance of finding an impact in the work that I do. Um, in banking, you can work on in investment banking. I'd get to work on such important, uh, such important deals and help clients make some of the most important decisions in their businesses. It's not really their personal lives, right? Mm -hmm. Investment making, I get to work on such important deals. Whether it's raising um, large amounts of capital or advising on um, a highly strategic um, acquisition. These are some of the most important decisions that our clients will ever make and It's hard to find a more impactful job um, for someone who's, you know, fresh out of college. Something like that, right? Um, finally, growing up, I've always been dedicated to soccer and being part of team sports. Um, Finally, growing up, play soccer early and have always been a part of team sports. I really value communication and teamwork. And banking provides an amazing opportunity to work and learn from intelligent and experienced individuals. I look forward to a career where the people have high expectations for me, and I know working as a well-rounded professional will have a huge impact on the learning department from the start. Um, maybe talk maybe more about the closed community that you make 
when you work on things like that? I think I think I think the the parallels that you can draw between uh, the parallels that you can draw between the banking and sports is like working in a team and it's a competitive environment and you're kind of like trying to accomplish like a common goal mm -hmm. right it's like because different banks are basically kind of like sports teams and they're competing against each other to try to win the deals and whatnot right um and then also like yeah being able to become a better player yourself if you are surrounded with other players on your team who are really good or like better than you mm -hmm. right? yeah so usually those are like kind of the parallels that you're trying to touch on so i would say and we just have to phrase it correctly right always been a part of team sports um i really enjoy i really miss being in that type of competitive team environment where we are working really hard together towards a common goal right um, i also know from first-hand experience the value of surrounding myself with um, people who are uh you know people who are better than me so that i can learn from them and improve myself yeah. in the process yeah. right mm -hmm. um where you're working really hard together toward a common goal um, and uh, camaraderie that results from it, right? I also know from first-hand experience if I was around myself with people who are better than me so that I can learn from them and improve myself in the process. And then you just need like a closing sentence, right? For these reasons, I believe investment banking is the best place for me to start my career. Something like that. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. I definitely, I remember when I first went through this in your modules, it seemed very robotic where I kept thinking like, it sounds weird to talk like this. Yeah. But I talked to somebody like two days ago and clearly like they had prepared their behaviorals and it was so clear to understand their whole behavioral outline that it was just such a clear example. Of, this is really how you have to do it. Yeah, yeah I mean, it might, it might feel robotic. Um, and look, I'm not saying you have to say these answers verbatim, mm -hmm. right? Like you, you should, you can paraphrase and try to like make it in, into your own voice, you know, cause you don't want to feel like fake, right? Or yeah. you don't want to feel like you're saying things that you would typically never say, because then like the answer is not going to come across as like, genuine and that's like honestly the most important thing so i think like even though i'm rewriting this for you I'm, the the point is not for you to go back and memorize mm -hmm. the paragraphs word for word and then like oh if you 
are off by one word here and one word there, then like the answer's not good. Like that's not the point, right? But the point is like to understand the rationale behind why we're changing what we're changing and how we're tweaking certain things and how we're maybe like, sometimes it's like deleting stuff because it's not necessary or adding certain things in to make it more complete. Or other times it's like, we're just changing this, the ordering or the sequence of things mm-hmm. to make it flow better. And then like, once you understand that, then like just following the framework, like this is like basically following the, exactly the framework that we taught, mm-hmm. right? Like you signpost, you three reasons, you elaborate on reason one, elaborate on reason two, elaborate on reason three, closing sentence, right? So it's like, even in a higher view, like if you get a question like this, like you don't have to memorize this, but you know what your three reasons are, right? Which is learning opportunity, impactful work, and the team environment. And then you know the framework and then you just, just plug and play, right? Does that make sense? And like the thing that the thing that I changed here, it actually is like I'm saying the exact same things that you already said in the first place, right? Like I didn't really add anything new. I just rewarded it so that we're more clear and more explicit about tying this example back to banking, right? You see what I'm saying? Like, yes. There's a lot of these answers. Like, what you want to do is even if it, it might seem obvious, you want to tie it back to banking mm-hmm. for them, you know, like yeah. even here, like we're tying your Kenya experience back to banking. Right. Like, so as much as you can, you want to tie the answers back to banking so that it makes more sense for the interviewer. Cool. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, so why JP Morgan? Um, Let's do one more and then um, I'll probably have to send you comments on the rest like um, separately later. Okay, just because you have another meeting that to run to. But um, so, but these are the three most important questions, right? Which is what we call the guarantee questions is tell me about yourself, walk me through your resume, why banking, why JP Morgan, right? So um, let's make sure we at least cover those three. So there are a lot of things that draw me to JP Morgan, but the most important ones are the people, the attention to career development, uh, and its position as a global leader. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think this one, you did a better job here, assigned person. I think this is like concise enough. So we'll just leave it as is. Um, I think the environment you work in is important because essentially you're learning every day from the people around you. Consider myself an ambitious person who wants to work for an organization while I'll be constantly challenged and pushing my role. It's important um, for me to grow and develop personally and professionally. And this is a place I will be surrounded by like-minded people. From the events and people I've talked to such as XYZs, everyone emphasized how much they enjoy going to work because of the people they work with and feel that they're able to bring their best energy every day. Everyone I've talked to seems so approachable and genuine. seems like a place I would enjoy going to work in every day okay so um this part is like i think a little bit rambly yeah right and then there's like some redundant stuff here when when you actually read it out loud it's just like um yeah like something something every day right so we just gotta clean it up and then i think also the biggest thing for me is like it's a little bit too vague yeah like 
you're speaking in a lot of generalities, like, um, you know, you're learning every day from the people mm -hmm. around you. Like I'll be constantly huh. challenged and pushed and I want to grow personally and professionally and be surrounded by like-minded people. Like there's a lot of these um, mm -hmm. superlatives that are like, okay, well, I could, especially for this question for why yes. JP Morgan, like most of the investment banks out there are kind of all very similar. Yeah. Right. And so the trickiest part about this question is you, a lot of the things that you say, like I can take that exact answer and then plug it in for why Goldman Sachs instead or why Morgan Stanley instead. And this answer would be exactly the same, right? Mm -hmm. And if that happens, then you probably haven't done a very good job because the banker's like, well, I haven't heard you tell me anything that is actually like just unique to our bank, right? So yeah. I think what you want to do is, um, especially the section where you're talking about the people, I think it's fine to lead with the people, right? And it's like, you know, um, first and foremost, I think, um, the people I get to work with is the number one consideration for, um, for when it comes to choosing which investment bank I to work for, right? Um, and then, like, you can explain why that is, right? Um, yeah. Uh, Part of that. I'm thinking maybe, well, so the two things that I'm thinking is the amount of feedback you got. And then they also talked about how like approachable like MDs or directors are, are in giving feedback. You don't feel intimidated. So maybe that's more specific. So personally, like for the people part, I would say like, you know, it's like one, you know, because you spend so much time with these people mm -hmm. by more than even your like friends and family, right? So that is like important that you like these people and get along, right? And then two is like, these are the people that you are going to be learning from, right? So this is like, you want to like the people and this is like, you want to work with high caliber people, right? And then like, um, I think you should like, name drop specific people at JP Morgan that you've spoken with who have talked about these two things above. Does that make sense? Yes. So it's like, I spoke to XYZ person and then like maybe they told you about how great the camaraderie is, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe they give you an example of like something that they do together as coworkers. And that sounds amazing to you, right? And then like the, the second part is like, maybe you spoke to, I don't know, a different analyst or whatever. And they talked about like how much they've been able to learn from working with, you know, this team or that person or this MD or on this deal, like whatever, right? But the point is you have to name drop specific people, you know, from JP Morgan, because that's what's gonna make this answer unique to JP Morgan. And I can't just take this and say, Oh, this also applies to Goldman Sachs, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So I know I didn't write it out for you, but I'm just like gave you the outline here. I will go and like rework that, okay. right? I'm just going to leave this here. 
you know, like we're probably not going to use this. Right? I'm just going to highlight that in red. Um, also very attractive to Jamie Morgan because of how much they value the career development. It seems a great emphasis on long-term growth, having um, people stay at the firm well into their careers. Most people I've interacted with have stayed at the firm for many years because they have felt so supportive from the moment they joined. I think it's important to find a company that promotes growth and cares about individuals. I know I will be a real one regardless of where I am in my career and we'll always have much to look forward to and room to improve. So I would say like similar idea here, which is um, this seems to be great in the long-term growth and having people stay at the firm well into their careers. Most people I've interacted with such as Right. I would just be more specific, right? Um, now you can say you can say I've been I, I've interacted with multiple bankers at J.P. Morgan, mm-hmm. stayed at the firm for many years, including X, Y, Z person, amongst many others, right? All of them have told me that J.P. Morgan is, you know. Um, whatever these other nice things you want to say about them. So it's almost like the key to this answer, honestly, is instead of saying all of these things from your own point of view, say it from their point of view. Just tell them what these employees have already told you, why this firm is great, and just like regurgitate it back to them. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think my only three questions would be, it, it sounds like for everyone, I'm, I'm like referring to a person. Is it, oh, is there such a thing as like over referring to people? Um, no, no, so the more, okay, yeah, okay. It just shows that you've talked to a lot of people at this firm, which is like you've done your homework. Okay. I don't know why that would be a bad thing, yeah, right, yeah. Um, and then like this thing. In terms of like, you know, yeah. JP Morgan's position as a global leader, um, I think like we could do a little bit better. Yeah. Right. So like, this is like too vague, right? Like, yeah. but instead, if we were like, um, you know, for example, you can talk about how, you know, JP Morgan is a full service investment bank. Right. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you know, they do, they cover all industries and all products. Right. Why is this noteworthy? Because you're eliminating the elite boutiques. Yeah. Right. Because mm-hmm. for like the why our bank question, you want to like, it's also partially answering like, why not all these other great banks? Why not Evercore? Why not Centerview? Why not Lazar Molis, Guggenheim, Perella, Weinberg, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's like, those guys only work on one thing, which is M&A. Mm-hmm. And that's not what I want, right? Yeah. This, this goes back to earlier where I said like, you have that answer where you said, you know, I'm especially interested in M&A. Like I probably wouldn't use that for a bank like JP Morgan because you yeah. might not end up on the M&A team, right? Um, what else can you say? You can also say like, not only that, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure too, like specific to uh, JP Morgan, especially, um, if I look up the league tables, uh, Financial Times 
league table. I do think they came out on top now lately. Um, I think I heard some podcasts that they were doing the best. Yeah. So up right now. Okay, so here we go. So let me share this screen. Uh, where is it? Can you see this? Yes. So this is like the Financial Times. They have like a league table section. Mm-hmm. So if I go to like banking leaders tab, right? Like if you look at it globally, in investment banking, year to date in 2021, JP Morgan is a leader in terms of fees. Uh, Goldman Sachs is strongest in M&A and equity, but JP Morgan is strongest in debt and, and loans, whatever, mm-hmm. that's fine. If they break it down by region, JP Morgan is top there. But also like if you break it down by like different industry groups, you know, JP Morgan is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I mean, it's, yeah, it's 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 strong. It's 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 the strongest across a lot of different verticals, mm-hmm. right? So you can say that they're a global leader, but I think what would be more credible is if you actually back that up, yeah, with the numbers, right? So like if okay. you said, like if we actually cited this and we actually said like, you know, twenty twenty one year to date. You know that JPM is has generated the highest fees globally for investment banking, right? So that's this right here. It's worth mentioning. Um, highest in America, and also highest across like multiple industries coverage groups including healthcare industrials you know energy and power retail consumer real estate and media and entertainment right mm-hmm. so basically this like this you know tells me that um no matter what group i end up in at JP Morgan, I know I will have a great experience no matter what, right? Because out of a lot of these other banks, it's like you might end up in a good group or you might in a bad group. You get hired in as a generalist and then you have to go through placement day and you don't really know what group you're going to end up in. And that's kind of scary, right? Out of from like JP Morgan, you don't have to worry about that because all of their groups are good. Right. Yeah. And then you have a closing sentence here, which is fine as is. Right. So that's kind of how I will work, uh, re- rework this third one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of like, I think in terms of like ordering, I might also rearrange this. Like you should play with the sequencing of the three reasons to see like what flows the best. Okay. I suspect that it might flow better if you say, if you start with this current, what is currently the third reason. So mm-hmm. you have to change like the order of your signposting too, but talk about like how strong JP Morgan is across the board, mm-hmm. right? Then talk about um, 
I'm trying to think these other two. Um, then I might talk about the career development second. And then I think like, I might save like the people thing for last. I don't know. Like I usually kind of like ending on the people point, but, um, but we can play around with it to see like what we think sounds the best. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. That helps so much. Um, if when I do this part for the boutiques, for example, with this, would you suggest like to compare them between boutiques? Um, compare what? Like to when I talk about their stats, like I say this boutique stands out because of this or to compare it to like, I want a boutique rather than a bulge bracket because. Yeah, you're gonna have to adapt your answers then, right? Because like, yeah. if you're like, if I were interviewing with an elite boutique, then I would probably say the opposite, right? Because it's not like one's better than the other. It's just all yeah. personal preference. Mm -hmm. So I, with a boutique, I might talk about how like, I am the most interested in M&A. That might be one of my three reasons, right? And that eliminates kind of like all the bulge bracket banks because when you go to a bulge bracket bank, you might not work on M&A. You might mm -hmm. end up in a capital markets group or any of these other groups, right? So that could be one of my reasons there. And then like, honestly, like the people reason almost never changes. Like you're always going to be able to say ni something nice about the people. And, you know, you spoke to XYZ person and they told you this and that, right? Um, and then like, you know, the learning opportunity, usually like that kind of applies no matter what as well. So like, I think like a lot of these, um, a lot of these reasons sometimes can be recycled no matter who the bank is. Okay. But ideally you always want to have at least like one or two reasons that are like more specific to the type of firm it is, right? Okay. Whether it's a bold bracket or elite boutique or middle market, or maybe it's a firm that um, focuses on a specific industry, right? Like, you know, it's just like you, that, that's where we kind of adapt the answer, yeah. but we can work through that for, you know, each bank individually as you're applying to them. Okay. 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 Um, okay. I think maybe two more questions would be uh, for the people. Cause I remember from the contact log, for example, my reaching out was very general at the beginning. And then I narrowed it down to people that were in investment banking. Yeah. Um, so for example, for here, when I, when I referenced to people, for example, like at these events, it was somebody from, you know, asset management that spoke, would that be okay to refer to somebody as that? Or would that just kind of throw it off? Um, I think it's, so they were at this diversity event that. Yeah, because it was like different divisions speaking. Yeah. I applied for the corporate finance and investment banking one, but like everyone spoke. Yeah, I think that's fine. I yeah. mean, it's, it's the exact same event that you're applying through. Mm -hmm. And that person happened to be the speaker. So it's fine. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, like the question is why JP Morgan is not one yeah. banking. I mean, obviously like all else equal, ideally, if your examples could be from actual investment bankers, and I would say that's like even better, but I don't think it's a huge deal in this case. Okay. Yeah. And did you have another one? You said you had two questions. Um, yeah, I did. But I think now that I think about it, I think it was just, um, in terms of the networking part. So I did narrow it a lot down to um, investment banking. Um, most of the people I've reached out to, there's just been a couple of occasions where they've been out of investment banking. But when I've talked to them, I've generalized that I'm interested in finance. That's why I'm talking to them, but I'm very interested in investment banking. So the last time they were like, I can direct you to somebody that's in that. So that's what I was just gonna ask you 
if that's a waste of time or if that's like something that is fine to like reach out to general people as well no it's fine um i think like look obviously if you go direct to someone who's still in the investment banking is one less step yeah right because ideally they're already at the firm if they like you enough and they're willing to help you then they'll just help you right if you're talking to someone who's not at the bank anymore they used to be in banking and now they're doing something else um then the they're not going to be able to like directly help you get into the interview process at that firm but then the best outcome you can get from that relationship is what you just said which is for them to introduce you to all the friends that they still have who are still in banking right Mm -hmm. um and so it's not a waste of time yeah it's just one extra step yeah right so um i'm not saying don't do it at all right but i think Mm -hmm. like if you had to choose between two different people and you're you know tight on time then usually i would go for the more direct one the right? more, yeah but yeah if you're not constrained on time then like yeah do both and just get as many contacts as you can right possible okay sometimes like one person will give you multiple contacts yeah. so it actually like will help yeah. you expand your network a lot right yeah it just comes down to how much they like you and how much they want to yeah. go out of their way to help you okay okay Um, Oh, and I think one last thing is something, okay, this is something I've been meaning to ask you. I always, whenever I ask them, like, whenever they start telling me about their whole career, and there's always, I always have this where they tell me about their whole career, and then there's this awkward stop where I don't know what to say, like, if to say, oh, that's really impressive, or like, oh, wow, you know, I never know how to, like, kind of curve that part, Um, and it's really awkward for me. So I don't know, like, what you suggest, maybe what is, like, a good, like, follow-up after, like, they've talked about, like, everything they've done, and then I don't know, like, yeah. you know. So it depends on what they've, it depends on what their career has been up to this point. Yeah. I think what you need to get into the habit of doing is, like, as people are answering your question, you should be going through the thought exercise in your head in real time, like, is there anything that he just said that I could ask a follow-up question about? Mm-hmm. You don't want to wait until the entire answer, he's answered the entire thing. And then at that point, start thinking about like, oh, what do I ask next? Because then that's when it gets awkward, right? And so like, as people are talking about it, you're listening very intently and actively and asking yourself like, like, is there anything I can ask? Right. And and usually the questions that you would ask are like why questions or like how questions. Those are the best questions. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't want because those are more open ended. I guess I'm talking more versus like the what question. Yeah. Right. And then so if you think like if you just always start with why or how it's like. Oh, why did you decide? So why did you go? Why did you decide to go from this place to this place? Mm-hmm. Or like, well, let's say like someone, I don't know, come from one bank to another, right? At some point in their career. Why did you decide to go from, I don't know, city to Bank of America? Yeah. Or, um, or maybe like, you know, a lot of people leave banking after two years. Yeah. Right? And maybe this person didn't leave banking. They clearly stayed on. And now they're more seniors. So it's like, you know, I know most people they don't stay in banking beyond their analyst years. Like, what made you want to stay on you know, in this career for such a long time? Mm-hmm. 
right? Like I have to ask that, right? Or um, maybe they didn't do banking um, before uh, before business school, and then they got an MBA, and then they came into banking after business school. That's a very common profile too. Yeah. Right. So then you know you might ask them like, you know, what made you want to leave X to come to banking, or like. Um, what would you say is the biggest difference between working in whatever their previous job was versus working in banking now, yeah. right? Um, you know, so it's just like, it, it really just, it, so it's not predetermined, mm-hmm. right? I don't, I can't give you like a list of questions like, oh, mm-hmm. ask these, but it's more the framework behind it, which is take whatever it is that they're saying and then ask them either why they did it or how they did it. Right. Oh, so you made the transition from, uh, well, let's say like they've been promoted for like multiple times. They started out as an analyst. Now they're a managing director. Right. Um, What do you think it is that made you so successful in this career? Because so many people like come into banking, but obviously a very small percentage of people ever make it all the way to the top to like the managing director level. Mm -hmm. So like, what do you think it is that you did that allow you to be so successful? Like, that'd be a great question, right? Or like, um, how do you think, um, or like, what do you think, uh, what, are, what are some of the things that you had to learn from scratch along the way mm-hmm. uh, as you progress through your career, right? Like, so for example, because like the the even though you're still doing investment banking, your job as an analyst is different from your role as an associate, which is different from your role as a VP, which is different from your role as an MD. Like as an MD, it's basically a sales job, right? Uh, you you probably never ever touch Excel, right? Mm-hmm. As an analyst, all you do is touch Excel and PowerPoint. You don't have to sell anything, right? And so it's like two totally different skill sets. And so like actually along the way, you have to learn a lot of different things. And so you can ask them about that, right? And that's actually like another pretty like i would say insightful and perceptive question right mm-hmm. well like um you know obviously you've been in banking for 10 years uh and you probably worked with you know so many classes of analysts during that time right and so yeah. like in your experience like what is like one thing that all of your favorite analysts have in common Mm-hmm. what is one commonality that all the best analysts always have right or like what separates in your experience what separates a really great analyst from just okay analysts yeah right? i mean it could be it could be whatever but it's like the point is you have to adapt these questions based on their background and have to make sense within the context of what they've done yeah right okay. but if you yes if you think about what these questions should be as they're giving their answers, that's going to give you more time mm-hmm. to come up with the questions. Yeah. Right. No, definitely. That, that helps a lot. Cool. Um, any other questions? Um, no, I think that's pretty much it. Maybe last really quick suggestion was for the search funder I'm working with. Um, it's basically three, three guys. And I know they're very well connected with bankers because they've told me. Um, but they've always told me, they've always said they know I want to go into investment banking probably. And they've 
basically put it out there. We're like, if you need to talk to anybody, we can introduce you to people. We can, it's been very interesting to see how they work together, which is great. So I know it's an opportunity to take. I just don't know how to approach it in a way where I'm like, I'm, if they were like, if you want to talk to anybody specific in this field at this place. So I want to take advantage of it, but in the best calculated way. So I don't know if that's something where I'd be like, oh, do you know anybody that works at this place or this place? Or be like, do you know any investment bankers? Or do you know anybody that's in this and this? Like, how do you think is the best way to approach that? So they've already told you that they would be happy to connect you with people in banking. Yes. Okay. So yeah, you well, you should absolutely take them up on it. Like, don't be shy about it. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're just asking like, how specific can I be about my asks? Yeah, I don't, I, like, how would I go? Would you say, so exam, for example, if I'm doing this right now, would I do, would you suggest saying just investment bankers or to say like, oh, do you know anybody at JP Morgan? I'm looking into like these recruiting events. Is there anyone around that? Because I feel like that can be like, no, we don't know anybody at JP Morgan. Right. Um, I think it depends on your relationship with them. Yeah. Um, the stronger your relationship, with these guys the more they'd be willing to go out of their way to help you yeah right um, hopefully you've been doing a good job for them during the internship so you know they want to receive really them. really nice yeah yeah so um i mean one thing you can do is just ask them up front yeah. like, hey i know that you guys offered to uh, make introductions for me um to different people you know within investment banking last time Super grateful for that, obviously. Um, just wondering, like, what's the best way uh, for us to go about that? Like, would you prefer that, you know, I do some research on my own and gave you like a more targeted list of firms or bankers that I would like to talk to? Mm -hmm. Or like, do, is it, do you have like already have people in mind that you want to introduce me to? Um, and, and you just want to do it that way, right? Yeah. I think like you just ask them for their preference and they might be like, they might ask, they might tell you that, hey, let's do whatever you think will be mo most helpful, right? Because yeah. like what you could even do is like, you could go look up all of their LinkedIn connections, yeah, right? And see like, who do they know at every single bank? Mm -hmm. And then like, you could give them like a list like hey here's a list of your contacts that i would love an introduction to that's like the most extreme case right um and then like the the the, the other end of the spectrum would just be like you know they just introduce you to whoever they want and it ends up being like one yeah and, and then that's it and obviously you will get more out of the first scenario than the second scenario and then there's like everything in between right but i just i don't know what they're willing to do but i think if you ask them for permission yes. and you like give them like a multiple choice where like at least one of the options is like the option that you prefer so that because they might not even think about that right but if you at least like bring it up then they might be open to it once you pointed out that that is something you could do Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, and of course, if they're not willing to do that, then they'll just say no. Right. You know, like it didn't hurt by asking nicely. Right? Okay. Yeah. 
No, yeah, I just I told them I would follow up with them and I was definitely interested, but I wanted to consult with you just because I couldn't think of anything right off when they told me that. But yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what their um, LinkedIn profile setting is like, you know, yeah. I, I think some people allow you to see who their connections are. Some people don't. Mm -hmm. um, if they do allow it, like it's public, then I would like even go and do some research first before you yeah. to ask just like, hey, here are the people that they know. Because like, you know, I don't know how long it's been since they've been out of banking, but like most of the people like they will, their networks will be clustered at yeah. like, certain banks the most, like whatever banks they worked at. Mm -hmm. right? Of course, they'll still know people from other banks, but like I knew the most people from DB and MS, but like now a lot of those people have spread out to all these different banks. And so they're kind of like, you know, everywhere. But if you had talked to me like two years after I quit banking or something, like most of the people that would be able to introduce you probably would have been at those two banks. Yeah. Okay. So it's also good to know that because you might adjust what you ask for, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. All right. So um, I will finish looking through like kind of the rest of that stuff. And then um, I'll just like give you comments on those separately. But at least for these first three, I'll send you back the draft that we worked on today first. And then uh, let's just continue working through these questions. Um, so that you can take your hire deal as quickly as possible. Uh, also, just like we talked about, reach out to them and see if you can find out whether there's an actual deadline or not. So mm -hmm. if there is, like, definitely let me know what it is so that we can kind of stay on top of it, okay? Yeah, okay. So for the next few behaviorals, definitely before Monday, is there a specific date you prefer to have them based on your time? I think just, I'm honestly, honestly, it's just the sooner the better. Yes. You know, so. Okay. Yeah. Over the weekend. yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, Shimona. Good, good okay. session, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you so much. Alrighty. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoy the content, please subscribe to our channel or podcast so that you can get notified of all of our future episodes as well. If you'd like to apply to work with us so that we can help you in a similar way, feel free to reach out to our team at www.wallstreetmastermind.com/apply. The street is abbreviated to ST, so it's wallstmastermind.com slash apply. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to this episode. Interested in discovering how you can get personalized one-on-one -on -one coaching from Wall Street Mastermind to help you beat out the massive amount of competition out there? Head on over to www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. And the street is abbreviated to ST, so it's really wallstmastermind.com slash apply. And our team looks forward to speaking with you.